Good morning. Feels good to take my mask off this morning. It's good to be with you. As we look in the book of Acts, uh, are you impressed, I hope you are, with what the Spirit of God is doing? Luke doesn't want us to miss it. And you might ask, miss what? Miss that Jesus' words are coming true. He said in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, just before he ascended to heaven, that the Holy Spirit would come in power, and then the disciples, his followers, would, in, in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, spread the gospel, that the church would grow and expand its territory, and it's happening. We see it all through the book of Acts. Uh, there was fierce opposition. And, and the disciples were scattered. In verse 19, it mentions Stephen's persecution, that Stephen was killed in, in connection with that. And, and the disciples had to scatter because Saul, and he was a mean guy before he became a follower of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. He was nasty. He was going after everybody, not just the, not just the key leaders but men and women. He was imprisoning them. And I can only imagine if I was a family, and, and what if I had young kids? And, it, and people knew that the followers of the way met in my house. And Paul was coming after me. What would I do? Where would I run? Where would you go to be safe? Take care of your family. But in all of that, the disciples who were scattered wherever they went, they were making disciples. They were preaching the gospel, and many were coming to faith. That was their mission that Christ had given them, and they were being faithful. We have that same mission. We've put it this way. Our mission is to make disciples who know and love and serve God wherever they are, in every context of life. And we use the words gathered and scattered, head, heart, and hands to help us clarify what we're to be doing. You see, we gather together to learn God's word, to hear the gospel, to believe it, and then to be taught and to follow Christ and, and to do what he asks us to do. We get that in our heads, into our minds, and then we, we apply it to our hearts. We discuss it. We talk about it. We, we challenge one another. We try to improve our faith in Christ so that we uh, believe it with all our soul. And when we believe it with all our heart and our mind, it changes us so that we have the courage to pray and ask God to do his will through our lives and it gets into our hands, and we serve our Lord and Savior. Scattered in life, and always scattering the Word of God, the gospel, the good news. You know, the pandemic is not like persecution, but it has scattered us and changed how we've been able to gather Loved ones and friends have passed away, and we can't grieve with family like we would like. We're isolated because of it. Personal ministry's been hampered. But in Acts, we see how the Holy Spirit just keeps God's people moving, and they were courageous. And we have a few lessons I'd like us to look at today, just from this chapter, just briefly, and there's so much more here. The expanding territory of the church. It's the acts of the Holy Spirit at work here, and the church is expanding. 
in those first few verses. Look at verse 19. Now those who had been scattered by the persecution in connection with Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, telling the message only to Jews. These are parallel events. It takes us back to Acts chapter 8, and that's where Paul began to persecute the church, and, and the disciples were scattered. And, and we read about, and, and uh, David Mingle and Pastor Will have talked about that, how Philip uh, went and, and, and witnessed to people. And, and there's a great summary in chapter 9, verse uh, 33, where we read, uh, then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria, see that the territory had expanded, enjoyed a time of peace, and it was strengthened and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, and it grew in numbers, living in the fear of the Lord. So the word of God is going out, and the church is expanding, just the way Jesus said. In the last couple weeks, we've looked at how Peter had that vision because he was reluctant to go to the Gentiles, but the gospel was to go to people who were not Jews. And, and Peter had to have a vision from God to shake up his view of God's will and his work. His culture and his prejudices, prejudices were keeping him from taking the gospel to all people. But he obeyed the Lord, and we see how Cornelius and his family and his relatives came to faith. And it was amazing what God was doing. That verse just reminded me this week when I was studying how I need God to expand my vision of what he's do, doing and wants to do in the world. Clearly, God's plan and power makes all this happen. And, and some of us are saying, but I'm too young, or I'm too old, or I'm too shy, or I don't know what to say. But we need to get in tune with what God is doing around the world. There's information. Have you ever picked up the little pamphlet at the door, a church around the world? See what God's doing and begin to pray for that or be aware of it. Get in tune with what God's doing right here among us, with the children, with the youth, with the women's ministry, with, with uh, international students and scholars, with English as a second language groups. That stuff's going on. We can be a part of that. Be aware of it to sharpen our prayers. The Five Points Cafe. <laughs> Ministry in Philadelphia. Local churches that are near us that believe like us. Be aware of what they're doing so we're united together in that ministry. Pressing one another on to expand our vision of what God wants us to do. pressing one another to improve our skills. <laughs> you want to become a better carpenter? You want to become a better musician? You want to become a better athlete at whatever sport you're into? What do you do? Well, it would be wise to go hang around people who are better at it than you so that you can move up a few levels. And that's what God's asking us to do in helping one another. Greg Smurl, thank you. He's been pressing me to get involved, to be in touch with what's going on with international students and scholars in the area. And I really appreciate that because I needed to expand my borders and my experience in an area where I'm not always as comfortable because of cultural differences. But thank you for pressing me forward. You see, God the Spirit is still expanding the borders of the church doesn't always feel like that 
at the corner of Eagle and Darby Roads. But he's at work. And in the storm of persecution in Jerusalem, it probably didn't feel in that moment like the church was expanding. But you know what? God was working, and it was expanding. The ministry was going out, the gospel was going out, and the people of God was growing. The kingdom of God was moving out because the Spirit of God was pushing his disciples, Jesus' disciples, to do the work they were called to do, and it's still true for you and me. And we can ask the Spirit of God to help us do that just a little bit better than we were doing it a week, a month, a few years ago, or to redo it again like before. Moving in bold obedience with God, the Spirit was moving the church out and the disciples went out boldly to do God's work. Look at verses 20 through 22. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene went to Antioch and began to speak to the Greeks or to the Hellenists also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. And the Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. Oh, those Cyprus believers and those people from Cyrene, look what they're doing. They're speaking to people that weren't Jews. They didn't have to have a vision from God like Peter did to get out of their comfort zones or their levels. God suited them because they had been out kind of scattered in the world, learning Greek philosophy and, and influenced by Greek and Roman culture a little bit, but they, they were people who believed in God and they got Jesus's message and they went out and they were filled with boldness. And their confidence was rooted in Jesus Christ. Don't miss that. The reason they were successful, successful was because God's hand was with them. We just sang about God's hand being with us today. Were you filled with courage thinking about those truths? Who you are in Christ and what he's given us by his power and his spirit through the spirit of God? Yes, they were filled with confidence because they knew Jesus was the Messiah. They knew he was risen from the dead, and that means that they could have eternal life by believing in him. Because he's risen, that means our faith is true, that his word is trustworthy, and his promises can be, be taken hold of, and we have news we can tell, and the Spirit of God enables us to do that. The church had to run and hide and move into new places. They were scattered. It was uncomfortable. They were unsettled, but yet they were scattering the seed of God's word, and God was blessing it. Why do you think God mentions Antioch? Well, Antioch happened to be a very strategic city. It was a sit number three city in the Roman Empire. Rome was bigger, Alexandria and Egypt was bigger, and then there was Antioch. And it was where Western thought and Eastern thought, Persian thought and Arabian thought and Roman thought and Greek thought met. So it was this cosmopolitan city. There was all kinds of culture there, and you know what comes with culture, a lot of vices too. This mix of people, and God chose to go there to launch missions work into the West. It was there that God uh, picked a strategic place to spread the gospel. And the disciples were called Christians there first. They didn't call themselves Christians. They called themselves disciples or followers of the way or 
but here they were named followers of Christ or people of the household of Jesus. People began to realize that they were different. They weren't followers of Moses. They weren't followers of the traditional Jewish traditions. They were followers of a man that they claimed to be Messiah, and they told people what they knew about him being raised again. It was different. It was new. New cultural territory, Antioch. New challenges and fruit that was abundant. Hey, I want you to take courage, folks. Did you notice it wasn't one of the apostles that went there and preached the gospel like we've been seeing, like, you know, people that seem to be specially gifted? Unnamed disciples. I'm going to be, I hope, one of those unnamed disciples, but get to see people in heaven because of ministry that either I or you have done. We can do that. Havertown, it's not as big as Antioch. So why Havertown? In October 1908, many of you know this, people had been praying in this area for a, a Sunday school because there were churches, but they were far away. That's 1908. There weren't cars or too many cars. It was mostly horses and buggies and, and walking to get the places. So you didn't travel very far, very often. But people have been praying for a local Sunday school to start. And it happened. In 1909, October 1908, they were praying. In 1909, in the spring, Sunday school was started. And by 1913, a local church was chartered right here on this corner. And a cornerstone laid in 1914. In five years... <laughs> God had done amazing things. And that's an amazing legacy for us to have. Flawed people like us, trusting God and doing his work and seeing, him, seeing it bear fruit. And I would just say to us today, 113 years later, let that vision and work in Antioch inspire you to believe that God wants to do the same again through us can do the same, is doing the same, and will continue to do the same as we are faithful to him. Allow the, the spirit and the prayers and the faith of people in 1908 who started Grace Chapel to inspire us to renew that commitment to the gospel, to spreading it. Different time, different needs, different ways to do it, but yet inspire us to do it. My office across the street, I have a, a great view of the corner of Eagle and Darby Roads. And I get to see thousands and thousands of cars and people go by this building every week. I bet you most of them don't have a clue what goes on in here, why we come here what we believe or why we give our time and money and efforts and energy to ministry here. And that's why we need to go out there and tell them and show them how great our God is because they will not come here, but we can go out there when we scatter and share the gospel.
See, the Spirit of God is moving Jesus' followers wherever, wherever they're scattered, and he used persecution to do it. And they were bold in their belief in Jesus. They were rooted in who he was. They were confident that he was the risen Savior. So they went out, and they told what they know, what they knew about him. And Antioch was a strategic place, and I want you to know wherever God's people are, he has put them there as a strategy to touch people that are near them. Not everyone's going to love the message about Jesus being the Messiah, the Savior. Many will not embrace it. Some will scold and ridicule, but some will believe, and we need to be bold in that belief. What else do we see in this chapter? So God is working, the disciples are obeying, and then news reached Jerusalem that there was this new church, exploding numbers of people believing, and they weren't Jews, they were Gentiles. Look at verse 22. News of this reached the ears of the church of Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. And when he arrived and saw the evidence of the grace of God, he was glad and he encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and great numbers of people were brought to the Lord. I love this guy, Barnabas. <laughs> Do you like Barnabas? He's the kind of guy you ought to hang around and let his encouraging gifts and his abilities rub off on you as much as possible. I don't know... Excuse me, let me restate that. <laughs> Why didn't Peter go to Antioch? Why? Because he was busy. Probably doing other things. Preaching in Samaria. Learning that Cornelius, a Gentile, was to be part of the God's family too. So God sent Barnabas and he was a perfect fit. Why Barnabas? Because <clears throat> excuse me, he had a perfect godly character. He was spirit-filled. He had discernment. He had the right spiritual gifts. He was a person of faith who could encourage others to the faith. He was a Jew, but because he was from Cyprus and had been out there being uh, in other cultures besides Palestine was a great fit to encourage the church there. So he was sent. Who are the Barnabases at Grace Chapel? Do you know who they are? Maybe you're a Barnabas, an encourager. But whether you're a Barnabas or not, ponder who it is and let them encourage you. And if you are that Barnabas, make sure you come alongside others and encourage them in the faith. But no matter if you don't have gifts like Barnabas, you are gifted and you are a follower of Christ and you're commanded to be a godly man or a godly woman or a godly young person. And you're gifted by God to spread the gospel in some way to be part of a group of people going out. Barnabas was filled with the Spirit, and that happens when we believe and obey and go and preach the gospel. He was rooted and he dared to speak it as he obeyed. And I just want to remind you too, Barnabas wasn't perfect. We'll see that a little bit later. You can read about it in Galatians chapter 2. He wasn't without his faults, but he was a man used by God just like he will use you 
in me as well. So the Spirit empowered Christ's disciples wherever they were scattered. I'm sure they were afraid. I'm sure there was a lot of fear. Some were quieter than others, but they encouraged one another to boldly speak the gospel with the Spirit's help, and God will use us to do the same. And then we see what else God used to spread and grow the church as the Spirit was working in these times, as he's working in us today. He did it with teams. Look at verse 25. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people and the disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. The gospel spread. And rarely does it happen when disciples are alone, and if they are alone and spreading the gospel, they generally don't stay alone very long. They get teammates to come. And Barnabas looked for Saul because he knew Saul, because he invested in Saul, and he knew that Saul was a man called by God to go to the Gentiles, so he went looking for the guy who would fit the perfect ministry of Gentiles and, and Jewish people mixed together in a congregation, and they served there, and there was fruitful ministry. They were of the household of Christ, and the people around them recognized that these people were followers of Christ. They were the Jesus people of the day. Now, there's so much confusion in our day, what it means to be a follower of Christ. We've muddied the waters. We've gotten connected with political viewpoints or this side or that side. We've muddied the waters with our traditions or our poor explanations. And we just need to remember, people, that the gospel of Christ breaks down every culture. It breaks down every prejudice, every economic barrier, every political barrier, every religious barrier, every racial barrier. It breaks it down and unites people. Jesus is the Savior. Every one of us has rebelled. We've all been like sheep who've gone astray. We need someone to rescue us, and God sent his one and only son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to be the perfect sacrifice, the atonement, the covering for our sins, the world's sins, every people's sins. That message needs to go out to everyone so that those who are called, that God calls, will believe. God the Father has accepted Jesus' death for us. He's raised him from the dead, and all who believe will be raised up to life too. And if you believe that today, if you're convinced that the Spirit of God is living in you when you believe, then you are empowered to go and boldly proclaim that news, that gift of grace to people we know. This unity that is created by the Spirit of God, and we see in verses 27 that the disciples were growing they were committed to the, the apostles' teaching. They were committed to the fellowship. They were committed to, to celebrating the Lord's death and resurrection for them when they celebrated the Lord's table. They were committed to prayer, just like the church was in Jerusalem. And because of that, they were united in the spirit. Look what happens. In verse 27, during this time, Agabus came and he spoke a prophecy that there was going to be a famine. And a famine did affect Jerusalem just right in this time period. 
So the disciples in Antioch, who had never met, didn't know any of those believers in Jerusalem, took up an offering to help them in their need. The Spirit of God making two very different congregations, one that was like totally Jewish followers of Christ, but culturally Jewish, and then a church that had this mix of Jews and Gentiles and different cultures and ideas coming together, united in Christ, being united together, even though they were divided by hundreds of miles and all kinds of other cultural and social differences actual happenings of life together near and far scattered by persecution but they were united together through christ scattering the word of god the gospel of christ wherever they went it's kind of neat that the daughter church needed to help the mother church some of you are experiencing that that older younger picture made me think about being a grandparent and the joys of having grandchildren because they come and then they go. <laughs> we joke about that. But no, what's so important about that is the energy that I see in my grandchildren, the innocence in my grandchildren, the creativity, the imagination, just the joy of being young and how much I need that energy and that viewpoint of life again because life has a way of beating you up. And we need to be able to see things as a child again, as a young believer again, and think about the commitment you made when you first met Christ, if you believed in him, and know that joy and the imagination and the things you were going to do because you believed with all your heart that he was the Savior and he changed your life, and you knew he could change others. We need to recapture the joy of that. And being the sentimental person I am and the old pers older person, I'm not old. I still think I'm 35. My body just tells me different. I remember one evening playing in my grandmother Gracie's yard, in the city with my brother Melvin, one-on-one -on -one kickball. And we were just not arguing or anything. We were just laughing like crazy, having a good time. Melvin was three years older than me, so I can count on one hand how many times I beat him in anything we played. But I always came back for more, because maybe today I would, I would beat him at whatever we were playing. And I just remember Grandma Gracie coming out after, I, I believe, she was either taking care of my grandfather or he had just passed away within the year. So she was either still taking care of him, who he had had a stroke and the burden of taking care of someone for two or three years, or grieving his loss. And she just came out and said, I am so happy to hear you guys laughing and enjoying playing together. What's the point of that story? People, let the energy and the joy of your salvation be renewed today. Let the imagination of God and what he's doing in the world, expanding your vision of what he wants to do again, where we are and where he's working where we are among us 
and through us and around us in so many different ministries to renew the vision of the people who started this church 113 years ago and to recapture the joy and the freshness of it. Where were we today? The Spirit's moving. He always is moving and expanding the borders in the kingdom of his people, God's kingdom, his church, his beloved bride. Be aware of it. Get in tune with it. Get in touch with it. Take part in it. The boldness of those unnamed disciples spreading the gospel in Antioch was rooted, their boldness was rooted in the Lord Jesus Christ. Get rooted in him. Believe in him. Speak his name because it saves. It saved you. It can and will save others in our generation. Barnabas was an encourager. You may not be a Barnabas, but I believe there are many Barnabases in our congregation. Use your gift. Discover your gift. Use it to spread the gospel. Exercise it. Be on the team. Barnabas went and found Saul. He needed help. He knew he, the things were growing. He needed a partner. He needed to expand the ministry. Be a part of a team. Look for a teammate. And keep the unity in the body. Work hard at it. Not just here, but with that church down the street that preaches the gospel too. Let's get united with them, at least in awareness and prayer and the good things that are happening where they are and the good things that are happening here and the good things that are happening around the world. We can do this because of the Spirit of God. Let me just say this as we close. Nothing would enliven us more than to have to deal with the young, new believers who need to grow in their faith. Young people, older people, it would enliven us and we would laugh again as we see the Lord empowering his gospel through his people who surrender to him. Last week, Pastor Will reminded us from, or from Revelation chapter 2 and Jesus' words to the church at Ephesus that they needed to remember and to fall back in love with their Savior and to repent, to turn back to him and to know that he would energize them again if they turned to him to remember the, their youth as, as young believers, as new believers, and what they did to persevere in that work. And what's wonderful about communion is once a month, although we should daily be repenting and turning back to the Lord, examining, we get to do it corporately once a month. And today we get to look again and ask the question, who is Jesus Christ? What do you believe about him? Is he risen again from the dead? Has he given you new life? And if that's so, be bold. Get deeply rooted in him and ask for forgiveness today of, of doubting that or falling away from it or being lazy about it and be assured of his forgiveness and be assured that the Spirit will help us to do his work just like he was in the book of Acts. Let it inspire us together. Let's pray. Lord God, Put your mighty hand on us, for we need your hand to be with us. And Spirit of God, 
reveal our sins and cleanse us and renew our faith so we dare to speak the name of Jesus Christ and his great salvation, to do it well and to do it wisely and to do it gently, but not to be afraid to explain what we know about you, our great God and Savior, because you are the only king. You are the only friend we have. You are our Savior. To you be the glory. We ask you to do this so many will come to know you. In Christ's name we ask this. Amen.